Coming up on uh, Passion in our Relationship Hour, we are going to talk about relationships, of course, and escaping from an abusive relationship. We have uh, an interesting guest, the author of The Rabbi's Wife, My Escape from the Cages of Abuse and Religion to Globetrotting Sexually Liberated Feminista, which is uh, should be interesting. Um, but first, calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox What's is going easy on? and always open at 514-800. All righty. Let's get this ball going here. Um, It's time to answer some of your questions, which we do at the beginning of every show. I want to get to some of the past questions, by the way. Um, Let's see. We've got, I wanted to get back to something that uh, people asked and I didn't have the answers to that I I looked into it. So, uh, hi, Lori. How much does HIV antiviral medication cost per month for a person living with HIV in Quebec and how can one afford it? So, I looked into it and there's actually a website that you can check out called hivclinic.ca and it lists all of the drugs by province. So if you look at Canada as a whole, um, it's about $15,000 a year for uh, antiretroviral drugs in Canada. However, I checked and in Quebec, the I think m- most of them are completely covered, like if you if you pay into the drug plan. So you should be able to get full or partial coverage of uh, the antiretroviral uh, drugs. So, but again, you, it breaks it down uh, by uh, province. HIVclinic.ca breaks it down by province. And then uh, somebody else had texted in about. Um, asking a question, is it dangerous to masturbate or engage in sex if you have had a head pressure or possible cerebral vein blockage, could the pressure cause the vein to erupt? So all I could find on that is about brain aneurysms, so which are bursts, burst veins. So uh, brain aneurysms are present in about 2 to 3% of the general population, but only nine in a hundred thousand of those people ever experience an aneurysm rupture. That's according to uh, studies. And the findings are especially relevant to the people who do have aneurysms, which are often, by the way, discovered accidentally via brain scans, and they need to be uh, cautious about their uh, rupture risk. So again, very, very low risk, but you may want to, again, I, like I said, you need to check with uh, with a doctor. And there's other risks too, like coffee drinking, physical exercise, nose blowing even, uh, sexual intercourse, straining when you go to the bathroom, uh, consumption of soda. So all of these can increase uh, the risk, but you need to know if you uh, are at risk yourself. So that's, uh, that's the first thing you need to know. Uh, Texture writes in, uh, divorced and single, I lost my wife in 2016. I tried dating online. It was a failure. I was the perfect guy, a millionaire. The women I met were afraid. Well, so was I. But sometimes when you snooze, you lose. I think the message behind there is figure out your stuff. Like get your head 
uh, organized, figure out what's going on, figure out what your issues are, figure out what your fears are before you go out into the dating world, especially if you're noticing some patterns. Like, for example, you're dating, you meet some great people, but you never take it to another level. Something is blocking you and you need to figure it out. Another question on herpes, uh, so I want to clarify a little bit more about that too because someone uh, texted in with uh, someone who is asymptomatic herpes 2 who is on daily antiviral meds is still contagious, correct, they ask? So I want to give you the facts of that. So herpes 2 is the genital herpes, HSV 1 are the cold sores. We had quite a few of these questions in the last week. If you have genital herpes, you um, will probably be somewhat less likely to infect your partner if you use antiviral medication for prevention. So there was a study done, two out of ten, uh, two out of a hundred people, I should say, became infected when the partner with the virus took antiviral medication every day. Um, so this is preventative treatment, which is uh, a, a good option for people who have genital herpes often, like who have uh, outbreaks often. So the medication inhibits the activity of the virus, and by doing that, it lowers the risk of infecting um partners, but it can depend on many factors, the likelihood of being infected, right? So how often you have sex matters, uh, whether you use uh, condoms every time, how even how long your partner has been infected. Someone who has had the virus for a long time is actually less contagious than someone who has just been infected. Women have a higher risk of becoming infected than uh, men. And in studies with couples where one partner had genital herpes, the other partner became infected within one year in 5 to 10% of the couples. But in these studies, those people were less likely or rarely used condoms. So uh, basically, infection occurred in an estimated 1 out of 1,000 sexual acts. So using condoms really protects you. Not having sex when you have an outbreak, uh, also uh, a very good idea. You may want to get tested. Just remember that if you have cold sores, if one person has cold sores and one person has genital herpes, you can transmit you know, the HSV1 to the other person as well. So they'll have the two strains of that virus. Coming up, we are going to talk about abusive relationships, escaping from an abusive relationship uh, with my guest, uh, author Tanya Zydel. All right. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. I think we're having a few technical difficulties here trying to get my guest on in studio. Um, want to talk about escaping from an abusive relationship. And uh, we're trying to get on the air uh, Tanya Zydel, who is the author of The Rabbi's Wife, My Escape from the Cages of Abuse and Religion to Globetrotting Sexually Liberated Feminista, how she escaped and how she went through her grief process, etc. And this whole issue of abusive relationships really came to light for me um, this week when, uh, first of all, a colleague of mine, um, not somebody I knew well, we were, um, you know, I wrote a book called The Sex Bible for People Over 50. She wrote The Sex Bible for uh, women, and so there was a group of us that all had, you know, uh, one of these Bibles to write. And uh, Dr. Amy Harwick this week was killed. She was young, young uh 
very popular, uh, well-known sex therapist in L.A., and she was thrown off uh, a balcony in her home by an ex-boyfriend two weeks after his restraining order expired. So there you have it. There's that. And then um, also uh, a divorced father, I learned about this too, and this hit closer to home, but uh, a divorced father killed himself and his child. And where I saw some reading in, in, in uh, people talking about him saying that he was abusive and he uh, was a psychopath and things like that. So all very scary uh, situations uh, that really uh, unfortunately tell us and show us that this is still... Um, quite a big problem in our society and uh, we need to do something about it but anyway Tanya Zidel wrote this book to be able to help people um, or inspire at least others who may be going through this to uh, to to help them out so I want to just talk a little bit about uh, some of the signs or how you might feel and how do you identify uh, an abusive uh, relationship, for example. So think about yourself. Do you feel afraid of your partner much of the time? Do you avoid certain topics out of fear of angering your partner? Do you feel that you can't do anything right for your partner? Do you believe that you deserve to be hurt or mistreated? Do you ever wonder if you're the one who is crazy? Do you feel emotionally numb or helpless? Does your partner humiliate or yell at you, criticize you, and put you down, treat you so badly that you're embarrassed for your friends or family to see, ignore or put down your opinions or accomplishments, blame you for their own abusive behavior, see you as property or a sex object rather than as a person? Does your partner have a bad and unpredictable temper? hurt you or threaten to hurt or kill you, threaten to take your children away or harm them, threaten to commit suicide if you leave, forces you to have sex, destroys your belongings, does your partner act excessively jealous and possessive, control where you go or what you do, keeps you from seeing your friends or family, limits your access to money, the phone or the car, constantly checks up on you, if you answered yes to any of these or multiples of these, you may be in an abusive relationship and there is help. And I, I just want to give out the number for SOS Violence Conjugale, which is 1-800-363-9010. They're open 24-7 and are a great resource. Coming up, uh, hopefully, we will talk to Tanya Zidel, the author of The Rabbi's Wife, My Escape from the Cages of Abuse and Religion to Globetrotting Sexually Liberated Feminista. That's coming up after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. In fact, got in a text uh, during this saying, I was guilty of many of, the, of those things, sadly, hard to admit, but she made me realize what I was doing. She had me look at myself and I did not like what I saw. Boy, did I change fast. Sometimes you do not realize what you are doing to someone you love and worse yet, someone who loves you. Uh, well, I'm glad that you were able to see it and change. Sadly, sometimes 
it uh, it doesn't always work out that way, and it can work out tragically, as some of the couple of stories that I, I told you about earlier today. Uh, but this woman turned it into a book, her escape from an abusive relationship. Tanya Zidel is the author of The Rabbi's Wife, My Escape from the Cages of Abuse and Religion to Globetrotting Sexually Liberated Feminista. Tanya, welcome to the program. Thank you, Lori. How's it going? Good. So sorry about our troubles with the phones. But anyway, you are here now, and that's really good. So the rabbi's Um, wife, how do you go from those two extremes, from the rabbi's wife to sexually liberated feminista, exactly? (laughs) I think that's the beauty, and that's what makes the book so um, exciting, is that you're like, how does somebody go from the rabbi's wife to a sexually liberated globetrotting feminista? And I think that the only answer that makes sense is it doesn't happen overnight, mm-hmm. but it was definitely uh, like a six-year journey for me, um, going from literally just growing up in very much a bubble to seeing the world for the first time, to wearing jeans for the first time, to eating mm. shrimp for the first time. But even more importantly, I feel like it's more, much more of a story of a woman um, being able to liberate herself from oppression than it is a story of right. a woman leaving religion. Exactly. So the, but the oppression, when you talk about your own oppression, besides the religious aspect, which maybe you realized earlier on, but the, the marriage, like how old were you when you got married and how was that marriage? So I got married at 19. Wow. Okay. And yeah, I got married at 19, very young. Um, and I remember actually asking rabbis if I had permission to take birth control because, you know, we just didn't feel like I was ready for babies just yet. Mm-hmm. And like, finally, after begging, um, I was given permission to take six months to not, you know, to take birth control. And that was like a, a, someone granting you permission, you know, as if you don't own your own uterus. Right. Six so, months. That's yeah. nothing six months when you're 19 it's years nothing. old. Exactly. Okay, and so how did that relationship evolve? Is that the abusive relationship you left, or, like, how did that whole process happen? Because I'm sure you talk, you you talk about your process in in the book and your evolution through it, but tell us about that that, uh, abusive relationship and how you found the courage to escape it. Okay, so um, growing up very religious, it's, it's not something that people discuss of, oh, hey, this is what abuse looks like. This is what um, assault looks like. This is, you know, this is not okay. Your boundaries aren't discussed that much because sexuality isn't discussed that much when you grow up religious, right? And so for me, it it took a while of asking people around me, is this normal, is this normal, is this normal, to finally realize that this wasn't normal. And I realized that more than anyone telling me yes or no, um, you should stay in this relationship or not. I had to um, build up myself to say, I don't care if people think I should stay or not in this relationship. I don't feel good. I'm important. What I think matters and I need to go. And that was really probably one of the most powerful, powerful parts of my journey being like, oh, I am powerful enough to make my own choices mm-hmm. and I'm going to take my two children and leave this abusive relationship. And so that's just the beginning. You know, you would think that like, leaving a a world of religion 
um, and like just learning a new world would be like the whole story. But right. that's actually not even it's not even the story. The story <laughs> continued that I I unfortunately I went to I just started discovering I'm like, oh, you can go to bars and clubs and you can um, you can drink alcohol and you can make friends. And, you know, and I had a wonderful time doing that. But there's a risk to that. And especially as a, a young woman, the, the risk that happened to me was I ended up being roofie. And mm. so there was, this is like, I have a one-year-old child. I just left an ultra-Orthodox Jewish community. Um, I just left an abusive marriage. I was super vulnerable. I had a five-year-old child at home, too. So I have two babies at home. And, and I, I was roofied. I was abducted. And there was a gang of New York businessmen who went ahead and raped me. So oh I was gang goodness. raped right after I left that abusive marriage. <gasps> and, yeah, and so this is a story very much of, uh, not even so much of religion, because religion is what I left, but it was how do you get through this and how do you how do you overcome a trauma like that? And so a big part of why I wrote the book was saying, hey, like as an I have I'm a nurse. And so my nursing background, um, I did a psych rotation. And I remember like being in the psych the, in the psych ward and being like, oh, this is really interesting to me. And so part of that nursing background made me think, hey, if I just went through all of these experiences, situations in the past one year, such as gang rape, such as almost being thrown off the porch by an abusive uh, partner, such as single motherhood, and such as, you know, all of these things piled up at once. I was like, am I going to make it through? I don't know if I'm going to make it through. So I'm going to write about this, just even from a research kind of clinician perspective of what is my brain going to be like in another few years? Mm -hmm. How will I evolve? Will I be okay? Because I don't know. You know, so it was even like kind of documenting my psyche process of right. how I was going to go through those things. Yeah. Wow. That is, uh, Tanya, quite, quite a heavy duty uh, list of traumas that happened to you in such a short time. It's like, it, it's so devastating to just to hear it. It's overwhelming to yeah. think, how yeah. does a person... Uh, heal from one on top of the other and that's uh we'll talk about that coming up i, I want to know how how you managed yeah. to heal from that what the support was from you you have a question here from yeah. a texter as well wants to know how the community uh responded yeah. to you so all of that coming up with tanya zidel the author of the rabbi's wife my escape from the cages of abuse and religion to globetrotting sexually liberated feminista next Domestic abuse, violence, uh, you can call, whether you're male or female, I've seen it on both sides, by the way. This is not just uh, from, uh, you know, men abusing women, but women also abuse men, and that's maybe a less talked about thing. Uh, SOS Violence Conjugale is 1-800-363-9010, and they are open 24-7, and they can uh, help you. Uh, so Tanya Zidel is uh, our guest tonight. She's the author of The Rabbi's Wife, My Escape from the cages of abuse and religion to globetrotting sexually liberated feminista went through hell left an abusive left a religion left an abusive marriage got gang raped had to be a single mom working as a nurse had to do all of that and still going through all this and i guess this book was your therapy tanya it was like writing it all out yeah helped you yeah. uh, through that process. But someone wants to know, I w uh, says, I'm wondering how she's viewed in the Jewish community now, going from one extreme to another. This leads me more to what kind of support did you get? 
Yeah, that's a really good. Those are both really good questions. Um, so in terms of the support, I have to say, like, when you leave a community, you're leaving your support system. Right. You know, like, it, it's always mentioned, like, people don't leave unless the cost of staying is higher than the cost of leaving. And that rarely ever happens. So, you know, for me to leave, I really was left alone in the world. I don't think there's like as a single mother of two, I think the loneliest thing of of all is to not just be alone in the world, but to be alone in the world with a baby mm-hmm. and a and like a little girl. Because right. that's like you're the most vulnerable, you right. know. So definitely, my support system was not strong at all. Were was your family around you? Did they reject you because you had left also the 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 community? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, because even to an extent, right when I left, the community was supportive because they understood that there was there, that there was abuse going on, and so they actually um, banded together and they sent money um, as, and like set up a little fund for me, which was like so sweet. Okay. But I mean, that doesn't last forever. And so, in terms of like, do you have people to help you watch your children? Can you go to work? You know, like, right. do you have a support system to actually support yourself? Like, no, that was non-existent. And, and yeah, because part of that is when you get a divorce. I mean, if, if your parents are not on your side, what are you going to do? Right. You know, it was really, yeah, yeah, for sure. So you were really left on your own. And yet, read, reading your book and, and your other writings, you use a sense of humor like you really have, a, it's amazing that you have been able to find a, a humorous voice in telling of this, of your story, which is really, this is a lot of tragedy in that story. Big time. You know what? I feel like that, if, if you were to say, hey, Tanya, writing this book, what was your greatest triumph? My greatest triumph is being able to write about gang rape and death and loss and grief, but still maintain a... Uh, an overarching sense of humor so that when the reader reads it, they're actually, they're bursting out laughing sometimes because there's something ridiculous that was said, or there's silly words being made up, Mm -hmm. or there's just a funny take on it. And so I think that like the most powerful thing that you can walk away from trauma with is the ability to say, yeah, that was terrible. Like I will validate how terrible that was, but look at me play. Look how hard I can play. Look how hard I can be silly. Look how hard I can joke. Cause that is post-traumatic growth. Right. And I think that's the power of this book. It's amazing in following your story through the book where you've traveled and like you've managed to do so much in such a short time. Yeah. Uh, it's like, whoa, I, I don't know how you did it. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I had roommates to help me save up money. I I did everything I could to because for me, I had always wanted to see the world. But if you're ultra orthodox, you can't. You have to eat kosher food, so you don't even have the option to travel the world. Because what are you going to eat? Right. 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 So yeah, and so for me, I was like, I want to see the world, and I have to say, like in the throes of PTSD, you need something so foreign to shake you up out of your mind. Interesting. To, mm-hmm. to distract you from that, and I feel like. Traveling almost saved my life in that sense. And how did you manage doing that as a single mother? Because a couple of times a year, so I did, I did like the whole year, but then a couple of times a year, they would go and visit the dad's side. Ah, okay. And 
so and so when the kids yeah when the kids visited the dad's side I was able to book a flight and just show up in like Colombia or you know India uh, <laughs> India yeah yeah you really yeah. took advantage of that time it did it's amazing yeah. and and the book has some beautiful pictures of you there too uh, one texter writes in God bless her an inspiration to men and women who feel trapped Aww. there is an yeah. out so uh, I think that's what you're showing is, man, if you can go yeah. through all of that and come out the other side the way you did. I mean, you worked hard at it. I mean, there's no question. I worked hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like hard. that was yeah. your focus. I'm going to get through this and I'm going like, to. Yeah, how, like, for sure. How do you even explain that resiliency? Where does that come from? How do I, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, what? I, I guess I'm going to give it's a. There's no simple answer, so I guess what I'm going to give you is maybe growing up religious gives you that magical thinking of, like, miracles happen. You know, it, you have a, a certain sense of magical thinking. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe in a sense having that magical thinking of being like, it's okay if I was gang raped, magic happens. I could be fine one day. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that maybe growing up with a sense of, like, not of, of – just being like, oh, everything could be okay very suddenly at one point in your life. What do you know? You know, I so, think maybe having that faith up with that might have helped. Have it growing up with faith somehow. Yeah. It's like a faith yeah. that things can and will be better. And that's what that is in a way, which you yeah. call magical thinking. Yeah. But that's interesting. Maybe yeah. that, that's yeah. one of the words. I think you have an influence. You talk about your influence that Dr. Seuss is a big influence. And you quote Dr. Seuss quite a bit in your book. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I love him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's next for Tanya? Uh, so what's next? Yeah, so for now, I just feel like um, closing up with the fact that, like, I finally finished writing this five-and-a-half-year journey, you know, that for me was, like, a massive, a massive um, closure, a massive step that I took. Yes. And for me to promote it is, is nice. It's really important. And, um, and the next step is I've, uh, I've recently entered into a really beautiful relationship Aww. and yeah, I'm very happy. I have started a, a new startup, a real estate startup that I'm really excited about as well. So of course, you know, there's lots going on and I'm, I'm writing, I keep writing. I can't stop. Yes, you're writing for so many uh, outlets now, which is amazing. Someone else texted in, I agree, God bless her, your best show ever. <laughs> so oh, thank you, thank Tanya. You're going to have to come back and, and you know, do a follow-up and a follow-up uh, with us. And um, sure. So where can people get information about the book? Where can people buy the book? I mean, I think we, as Montrealers, need to support other Montrealers, and we need to, you know, make that clear that, hey, this is somebody local who we can support. Uh, yeah, and, and more importantly, I think like the uh, it's it's a wild, crazy. I call it my Virginius book. <laughs> so yeah, the more people like my Virginius book can reach, the better. And uh, you can find the book at tanyazajdal.com. So Tanya is T A N Y A, Zajdal is Z A J D as in David E L um, dot, com. dot com. And you can follow my Facebook page to see my writing that keeps coming out. I have lots of essays and lots of writing and, Wonderful. um, yeah, I'm so glad that we got to talk about it on your me, show. Thank me you. too, Tanya. Me too. Good luck with it. And we'll speak again real soon. Awesome. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Be okay, well. Good. Thank you. Uh, again, that those numbers, I have a, a couple of numbers for you. If you are dealing with abuse in your relationship and need some help, 
then uh, I'd like you to make a few phone calls. SOS Violence Conjugale. The number there is 1-800-363-9010. And they're open, like they're 24-7. That's their hotline. Uh, There's a couple of websites, amiquebec.org also has uh, for you um, uh, help and resources. And another one is domesticshelters.org that will give you a listing of all the shelters available in uh, in Montreal. Um, Another person says, your guest is a very impressive representative of courage, strength, and resilience and an inspiration to women worldwide. I, I agree with you and that's why I so wanted her to be on the show. Thank you all so much for listening to Passion tonight. Thanks to Nicole, our technical producer. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Podcasts available on the website as well for any shows that you missed. 